Well, if you'll turn quickly with me to Ephesians chapter 6. And again, my, uh, my apologies for my mismanagement uh, of time. And I'm really not going to, uh, I'm really not going to go through all that I plan to preach. I promise you that right now as you're looking at your watch going, oh my Lord, he is just, just getting started. But it's really timely getting back into Ephesians. This was not at all planned um, that as we had our worship team from Myrtle Grove Christian School and families here and just to sort of focus on that ministry that is about pouring into the next generation. It's really very providential that we would find ourselves in Ephesians chapter 6 verses 1 through 4 where there's a message about the Christian home or as I've titled the message, gospel-centered parenting. Let's look quickly at this passage together. I'm going to ask you, even in our shortage of time, to stand in honor of the reading of God's Word as we just give attention to His voice and reverence to His authority as He speaks in the Word. It says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, for this is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word. It is truth and life to us, and we pray you would open our hearts and make it live to us today. Would you speak your word by your spirit, through your servant, to your people for your glory and our good. Move me out of the way as I always ask and use my voice as your instrument in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And you may be seated. Well, hopefully I can just give you a perspective as you walk away from here this morning about how to look at these few verses. It's familiar territory to many who are... Um, familiar with the Bible. That is, if you've, if you've spent some time studying the Bible, um, this is probably one of those passages that's familiar, especially if you've uh, in, inquired of the Bible what God's Word would say to us about parenting. In fact, if you saw our newsletter article a couple of days ago, you know, I mentioned m many Christians would consider this the number one kind of go-to bi uh, Bible passage about parenting. A lot, of, a lot of Christians would, would, would put this right at the top of the list if you're looking for a parenting passage. But Christian counselor and author Paul Tripp, who's written books about Christian parenting and good ones, I might, have mentioned, I might mention. Paul Tripp, T-R-I-P-P. -P. Uh, you can go shopping. He's a good one. But he says the best most practical, most helpful parenting passage in all the Bible is Matthew 28, 18 through 20. It says, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority on heaven, uh, on, in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, 
I'm with you always to the end of the age. That's the Great Commission, of course. You're familiar with that. We're, we're evangelicals, for goodness sake. If we don't know any other Bible verses, we know that passage, right? He says the Great Commission is the best, most practical, most helpful parenting passage in all the Bible. Because he goes on to say in this article that he wrote, excerpted from a book he wrote, actually, he says, your job as a Christian parent is to do everything within your power as an instrument in the hands of the Redeemer who has employed you to woo, encourage, call, and train your children to willfully and joyfully live as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a powerful quote. Your job as a Christian parent is to do everything within your power as instruments in the hands of the Redeemer who has employed you as a parent. To woo, encourage, call, and train your children to willfully and joyfully live as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says this calling is more important than how they do in school, how positively they contribute to the reputation of your family, or how well they set themselves up for a future career, how well they do in sports or the arts, how well they're liked by adults or peers. These things aren't unimportant, but we must not let them rise to the importance of this one thing, discipleship. I have to ask you, he says, how well are you making disciples of your children? That is a heavy question. And frankly, it's one as parents, some of us might immediately feel like, well, not well at all. And thank you for reminding me of that. You know, because, because that's life as parents a lot of times. We're very aware of our own weaknesses and our failures and that kind of our inadequacies. Lots of times parents feel like they're not very good parents or they're not good enough parents. And so if we're not careful, a question like that can, can feel like it just rubs salt in the wound. But it's a really, really uh, enlightening, eye-opening sort of question. It's the, this is the kind of perspective that brings Ephesians 6 and these opening verses into sharp focus because that's what the issue really is. is making disciples of our children. In fact, I would say, I didn't, I didn't provide this quote on the screen, but he mentions things here that a lot of parents uh, really do by default without necessarily thinking of it. We make them of utmost importance, don't we? And we, wouldn't, we don't even like the fact that we do it. We might have to confess that to the Lord that we've done it. But when, uh, when, when our parenting priorities are concerned with how well they do in school, how positively they contribute to the reputation of, my, of our family, how many of us, if we're, if we're honest, would say, our concern for the, for the behavior, performance, and so forth of our children has to do with what other people are going to think of us as parents. Not really about the outcome of our children. That's true for more of us more often than we would want to admit. That, that, that how we raise our children, how we get them to behave and perform has to do with how it reflects upon us. 
on our family, our reputation, how well we set them up for a future career, how well they perform in sports and arts and so forth. Those become higher priorities uh, than we really want them to be. But the question is, how well are you making disciples of your children? And as I said, that brings Ephesians 6 into sharp focus because if you remember, as we've been studying through Ephesians, the whole second half of the book is really about how we live in response to the gospel. You know, I said when the, on the passage in parenting, I called it gospel-centered, uh, no, sorry, on marriage. I called it gospel-centered marriage. And I said, that's a bit of an overused term these days, gospel-centered. You read it as gospel-centered everything if you look at you know, websites and blogs and that kind of thing. And it can, it can seem kind of cliche or un, overused. But it really is fitting in, in relationship to most of what Paul talks about in the second half of Ephesians. Because the first half of Ephesians is, let me remind you of how exceedingly, immeasurably gracious God has been to you. He has lavished his grace upon you. When you were dead, he made you alive. When you were far off, he brought you near. When you were aliens and strangers, he made you citizens and children and on and on. He says it so fast you can't even absorb it all. This is how good God has been. And then he says, therefore, I urge you to live your lives in a manner worthy of the calling of Christ. That you would live out grace in some way that is consistent with, comparable to, the grace that's been shown to you. And do you remember what that looks like with all humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. That's how, that's how the Christian life ought to be characterized. You, he, he says to us over and over, you ought to live differently because of what God has done for you. You ought to look different in the world, in the workplace. The church ought to look different as an institution. And the Christian home ought to look different as well. That's the point. It's all about the gospel-centered life. It's all about living in response to the grace that's been shown to us with humility, gentleness. Do you remember? Walk in love. Walk as children of the light. Walk in wisdom. This, this life that is very forbearing, giving of oneself for the good of others, deferring to the interest of others. That's the posture of the Christian. That's the challenge Paul puts before us. And it's the challenge of Christian children and Christian parents. So when we come to Ephesians chapter 6, where he gives a fairly straightforward message children obey children obey your parents in the lord for this is right it's the first commandment with promise fathers don't provoke your children to anger but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the lord the training and instruction discipline and instruction of the lord different translations use different words here you see that's fairly straightforward right but if we come back to that passage and read it through the lenses of walking in response to the gospel, living in response to the grace God has shown us, 
and living that out in relationship with our own children, with our own parents, it brings a whole different perspective to parenting. The truth of the matter is, um, most of us, I, this is, this is uh, I don't have any data to support this, just a, a life of my own failures, <laughs> and a lot, of inter, a lot of relationships with a lot of parents over the years. Here's what I believe is true. Most Christian parents, Bible-believing Christian parents, don't get most of their parent, parenting wisdom from the Bible. We get it from our own experience growing up. We parent the way we were parented. Or, we say, I'm not going to parent the way I was parenting, by golly. You know, there are things, in other words, that we experience or that we observe that we say, I'm not going to do it that way, I'm going to do it different. But either way, our reference point is how we were parented. What the priorities were of our parents sometimes become our priorities. Or either their priorities we thought were the wrong ones, we picked different ones. Either way, our own experience is the reference point rather than the scriptures. The challenge then I would offer to all of us to walk away from here with is to reapproach this passage of scripture and our thoughts about parenting through the lens of making disciples of our children. That children are disciples, that parents are disciple makers. And that our interest becomes the, the lifelong process for as long as they are under our care of teaching them to know Christ, leading them to knowledge of Christ, teaching them to obey him, uh, leading them to grow in a love for him that they might follow him all the days of their lives. If it hasn't immediately come to your mind, let me put it in your mind. There's a lot there that's not in our control, right? You cannot make your child love Christ. That's why in the Great Commission, Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. Go therefore, behold, I am with you always. And it's a good thing he's with us always because there are lots of things about the heart of our tribe we don't have any control over. But our desire ought to be to see them come to know him, uh, learn to obey him and desire to obey and follow him all the days of their lives. As I said, that is a lifelong process. It's one that we're, where we might picture uh, when, a, when a child is born, the parent is responsible for literally everything, right? The parent does everything for the child. Parental control, in other words, is at the very highest in relationship to the child. And the child has no self-control. They can't do anything for themselves as a newborn. 
and over the course of their lifetime with us, the parental control has to decrease and the self-control has to increase. And so we want to cultivate a heart of wisdom, a love for the Lord, a desire to know and obey Him, etc. But what we're aiming for the whole time is that point in life where they are totally on their own to make their own decisions and that uh, hopefully and prayerfully they've been formed in their ability to do so. I just, I just did that as if it's a straight line up or down, and it's not, you know? That, that, gro- that growth in, in uh, self-control and wisdom and good judgment, it's, you know. And likewise, our relinquishing of control is not a straight line, and it's, it's more easily said than done. But that is what we're called to. And that's uh, what I'll have to leave you with today. I've, I've said very little about the passage itself, but I think that perspective that Ephesians brings to us, because he doesn't mention parenting out of the blue, as if that's unrelated to everything else he's been teaching, but rather the changed life that ought to define a Christian is to be lived out in the church, in the world, in the marketplace, in our marriages, and in our families as parents. Well, let me pray for us, and then we'll conclude here. Well, Father, thank you for the high calling of being parents. I thank you, Lord, for those parents who are here just with us today and um, the gift that their children are to them. I thank you, Lord, for the assurance that we have that, behold, you are with us always, because there may be some today who are especially challenged in their parenting endeavors. And so, God, we pray your grace would cover all of our weakness. But Lord, we, we pray that we would just bring new perspective that as Paul said, I urge you therefore to walk worthy of the calling. We might think about how that calling as parents would have us to walk that out with humility toward our children, with gentleness, patience, forbearance and endeavoring to have hearts that are unified with them. Lord, that is more than we can do in our own strength, and so we pray for your help. In Jesus' name, amen.